the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week, in our Gospel reading, we had the story of the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I want to remind you just very briefly of what we covered last week, because today is a continuation of that message to us. Last week in the parable of the Good Samaritan, a lawyer comes to Jesus. Remember, this lawyer is someone who knows the law of Moses, an expert in the law of Moses. And he says, what must I do, Master, to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, what does the law say? And he gives the summary of the law. The lawyer says, love God, love your neighbor. And Jesus says, that's absolutely right. But then the lawyer questions, who is my neighbor? And Jesus doesn't answer it outright. He shows him who his neighbor is and how to love your neighbor with the parable of the Good Samaritan. And in that parable, we remember, and I'm not going to go through the whole story, but the bottom line is this. A man comes down from Jerusalem, heading towards Jericho, and he's met with thieves who beat him and steal everything he has, leaving him half dead. So there's a half dead man with nothing and everything stripped from him by the side of the road. And ultimately, the good Samaritan comes and he notices him. And not only does he notice him, Jesus says he had compassion on him. And compassion moved him to action to bind up his wounds, pouring oil and wine upon them, binding them, putting him on the animal, his beast, carrying him to the end to be cared for. In other words, the good Samaritan was the vessel of healing for the half-dead person. And therefore, church, what are we called to having been filled with our Lord Jesus Christ? We are called to become like our Lord, like the Good Samaritan. We are called to love our neighbor no differently than this lawyer. We are called to see those with the compassionate eyes of Christ who are half dead in spirit, half dead in emotion, half dead perhaps in body. And moved from the compassion of God to become vessels of healing for the human person. That's what it means to, that is exactly what it means to love thy neighbor, as Jesus says. And so today, the message comes to us in one of the, one of the highest things, I would say. One of the most pronounced things that keeps us from this kind of love. That keeps us from seeing the broken, being moved with that compassion and acting on their behalf. And I want to tell you where our message comes from, where our reflection comes from. It comes from two things. One, it comes from a prayer in the St. Abel's Little Red Pocket Prayer Book that we have, our Western Rite Prayer Book. One of the general prayers, and we'll get to that in just a moment. And the other place it comes from is the words of St. Paul that we heard in the epistle reading from Galatians 5. So let's take a look. We want to see what our Lord is saying to us that is in the way of our becoming like Him in loving neighbor. St. Paul says in Galatians 5, and I'll start two verses before the actual reading because it all flows together. St. Paul says this, For you, brother, you have been called to liberty. You've been called to freedom. Only do not use this liberty, this freedom, as an opportunity for the flesh. But rather, through love, serve one another. 
For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Again, the word comes to us. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The Paul's showing us something that keeps us from loving neighbor. And it's this. You've been called to freedom in Christ. Do not use your freedom for your desires. Do not use your freedom for self. Because Christ has come to free you from the bondage of self. To put you at liberty from self. Which gets in the way of love. Paul continues. He gives them instructions how to overcome this. I say then. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against spirit, and the spirit wars against flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. How do we overcome self? Walk in the Spirit. But what does that mean? It doesn't just mean take a stroll with the Almighty, even though it's a beautiful concept, one we all long for. But what he is teaching and saying here when he says walk in the spirit is this. We are to regulate our entire life by the leading of the Holy Spirit. To regulate our entire life to the leading of the spirit. That is to submit every day and all that we are to his directions and to his convictions within each and every day. That's what it means to regulate our life by the guidance of that beautiful Holy Spirit that he's given us to make us like Christ and to continue the ministry of Christ in and through us. In other words, God by the Holy Spirit becomes the framework of my entire existence. God becomes the framework of my entire existence. You know the realities. In any given moment in our life, we are either going to acknowledge that God is God and we are not. And He has given us all we need to save us and through us to save others. And we submit our life to Him. Or in any given moment, we make ourselves God. And we choose our own way. We make our own decisions. We create our own paths that never work out and that never lead. To absolute contentment and the joy of God and the peace of God that he so longs to share. Jesus says, and we'll actually hear this next week in the gospel reading. Remember how he says you cannot serve two masters ever at the same time. We're either serving one or the other. We are either walking in the spirit by submitting our lives to Christ. Living in and from him. Or... We are serving ourselves, our desires, you see. It's either one or the other. <clears throat> now the prayer I want to share with you comes from that St. Aidan prayer book that I mentioned to you. And it has everything to do with exactly what we're talking about. And I tell you this for the past number of weeks as I've prayed hours of prayer and gone to this general prayer section. This is the first one in the book. And it's captivated. Here is the prayer. Oh God, set our hearts at liberty from the service of ourselves, that we may do thy will through Jesus Christ our Lord. One more time. 
O God, set our hearts at liberty, freedom, from the service of ourselves, that we may do thy will. Through, only through Jesus Christ is this possible. Why does the church, why does our Lord through the church have us pray this? Because our Lord loves us. Because our Lord knows that service of ourselves, when we serve our desires, our flesh, our longings, and we place them above His, the result is not freedom. The result is bondage to the Christian person. We are captured within ourselves in all of our fallenness. So Lord, set us free from the bondage. Set us free in liberty from the bondage of ourselves, the service of ourselves. I want to ask you, implore you if I could, this week, do something that I have been doing, and I think you'll find this very interesting what our Lord shows us. And it's based on that prayer. A couple weeks ago, I started the week, and in those prayer times, one of the things that I would ask Him first thing in the morning is, Lord, help me see. This is a dangerous question. I had a lot of fear asking it, quite frankly. Show me where my thoughts are on myself today. You understand why that might be a question asked in fear sometimes. Because sometimes we think we've made it so far in Christ, and yet if we really allow the Holy Spirit to walk with us, he shows us out of love for us where we're still in bondage to ourselves. And every day he would show me things. And it would cause pain to see just how much I think of me or my desires. And so what I encourage you to do is join me in that just for one we'll start with just one week. Let's see where it goes. Pray that prayer. Oh God, set our hearts at liberty from the service of ourselves that we may do thy will. Let him show you how much self is in your thinking. How much self is in your actions. And it is not being shown to you to bring shame upon you, but freedom. For where the Holy Spirit convicts and we agree with him, he sets our hearts Free, and joy enters our life in ways you could have never comprehended before. But the reality is this. When we walk through this life ever so focused on self, we walk through life with human blinders on. What does that mean? We cannot possibly be like the Good Samaritan. When our focus is on us, we cannot see the suffering of another. In spirit, in body, in emotion, it's on us. We're trapped. We're trapped here, you see. And our Lord wants the blinders to come off. Because I tell you the truth. The joy in any given moment of being freed from self and witnessing the living Lord Jesus Christ minister to another right before you out of compassion and love. It is a joy I cannot even describe to you. And this is the joy our Lord wants us to see. But to get there, there must be first a little pain. 
a little pain of seeing ourselves for who we really are in order that our hearts might be transformed, not left there in pain, but healed and brought to such joy. The only antidote that I know to share with you, that the fathers speak of so often, the antidote to thoughts upon self, living for self, the only antidote I know is prayer. The only antidote I know is prayer. St. Paul says pray without ceasing. The Orthodox Church teaches us that prayer is not just muttering words. We say this all the time. Prayer is fellowship with God. Prayer is communion with God. So when he says pray without ceasing, what is he saying? Commune with God without ceasing. Fellowship with the Holy Trinity by the Holy Spirit without ceasing. This is why we're given the hours of prayer. And you look at the hours of prayer, morning, noon, and evening. What happens in the morning? We thank God that He's given us breath for another day of repentance and transformation. Another day of letting His life minister through us. And we ask Him to grace us for this day and keep us today from sin. What happens at noon? God knows we probably derailed a little bit. And so at noon, we're given that blessed fellowship in prayer where God once again directs our eyes off ourselves. We bring ourselves to Him and He shows us, He takes us and He has us see Him so much more clearly. Our eyes get off of ourselves and onto Him again. And what about the prayer in the evening? It is a prayer of thanking God for everything good that day, asking for forgiveness for the ways that we have failed, and asking for Him to be with us in our sleep to another day. God has given us these prayers through the church to redirect us off of ourselves and off of all the calamities and things around us that distract us so that every day we may become more selfless and filled with Him, set at true liberty and experiencing true joy. Put the question to God this week. Show me how I think of myself in these days. Let there be beautiful repentance that brings that healing and reestablishes joy. And you will see your life become one like the Good Samaritan that fulfills the law of God because of Christ in you that you love your neighbor. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.